0: Godly than to put a
1: label
2: on it. <laughs> so sometime, Second. sometime Mike is uh coming back from Phoenix. He's already back. Hold on.
0: Look like, like he landed. Yeah. She didn't read his text.
1: <laughs> you got one, but I'm sure. But what is he? Sometime Mike about though? Showing up here. Because
2: and Saturday you mornings. could be sometimes. Oh, I definitely can. I'm not. Right. I'm well, sitting up in the kettle calling the pot black here. All right. right? So I want to get it out <laughs> I, think,
3: I, think I think so. I think so. Your panties in a twist.
2: Oh, no, my panties are fine.
0: <laughs> your panties? That's
2: <laughs> yeah, a
0: bunch <laughs> of fun. A a it. all yeah, that day. Day. Yeah, would be a bunch of fun. Oh, yeah, that's
3: right. Give me that car. That would be a bunch of I'm wearing to freeze I'm going to freeze the box. I'm going to freeze I'm going to freeze the box.
4: I'll show you how to freeze the I'm skeptical. Yeah, please Yeah, exactly. please. Please don't. All right, then. Yeah, I believe this. I need that. I still think
1: you need to get a punch. (laughs) I I need that MP3 cut. I know life gets tough sometimes. But I ain't gonna let it stop me. Let it down.
0: Don't hold it in, it's better. the clouds it can't stop me cause I'm heaven bound i feel better now on the highway lord I'm
5: heaven bound Are you stay with me and wait you ever crazy. round crazy. I, nice I, I heard just enough to help that. <laughs> <didn't
3: hear> that. <laughs> you should have been
0: gone <laughs> <laughs> no you should have never left yeah right. right right that went south pretty quick yeah I don't know I don't screw in there. I'll talk in front (laughs) of everybody.
2: And welcome back to our Broken Records Ministry. Yeah. Ron's idea over there. No, I don't think I'm going to. I'm not the guy who wrote
5: Take two then. I was just messing around with Ron. I'll take two. Take two.
2: You're
0: messing around with who? You.
2: Huh. Listen. Never does. Kurt,
1: Laurel, okay. Laurel, are you? are you guys ready to start
2: yet? I can have my fifth heart. Wow. Out right wow. here. No, what? He would never notice. He would think I just had the shakes again. You know, just he'll be fine. Give him some drink.
0: Take two. Take two. I'd be like, suck it up, buttercup. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Get to walking.
2: Because <laughs> Starbucks Walk coffee. Off.
0: Walk it off, son.
2: <laughs> I'd have to gimp it off, but okay.
0: By the way, where is your cane? At home.
2: Holding up the corner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It does a good job.
5: So if it holds up that
0: corner, I've been ready. This would be talking.
5: I've been ready, he says.
0: You can interrupt me anytime you want. I can't. <laughs> yeah, you can. You over talk me.
2: That that's true. <laughs> 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 All right. Just neck. Let's get it rolling. <laughs> I've been ready. I've been ready. <laughs> Thank you, Carl. I'm You sound like loose or something. Well, whoa, well, I've been ready. <laughs> Jughead or something. Like that. Like,
1: Welcome
5: status. back. Gosh. This sorry. sorry.
2: Take four. Take three.
5: Take three. <laughs> All right. We're almost there. We're almost there, guys. We're at the finish line. All right. Here we go. <laughs> Welcome back, back
1: to another episode of Broken Record Ministries. I'm Ronnie. Brother Bob's here.
2: What's happening? <laughs> is he? I don't know.
1: Now he is. No, I he am. Is now. Okay. back. Silent Ron is here.
4: Hello.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to say nothing, Bob. He said silent. <laughs> I answered for you. Thank you. You should have
1: left it alone. Thank you. I, I sounded just like you. Artesian Mike
0: is here. Time out.
2: Yeah, I'm going to have to go over on time out. I don't know. Well,
0: you know what the word means. I don't. So start over. Artesian means
2: handmade, a few ingredients, not mass processed. So I'm one of them. Okay. Guy. I'm
5: sorry. I I ask. Ask. On. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, this is going great.
1: I love every second of it. Carry on. Sometimes part-time, hopefully full-time, Micah's back. Howdy.
2: Welcome to be back under the bus, Micah. Absolutely.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And the professor, Carl, is here. Bienvenue.
5: I don't know what that means. <laughs>
2: mm. French. That you
5: know was, I mean? was French. <laughs> <laughs> was I'm proud. I don't know what it means. That was French for what's up. <laughs> what's up? What's <laughs> <For laughs> up? <laughs> <I was crackin'.
4: laughs> Tongues always need an interpreter, so that's Mike, right? No, I'm not an interpreter.
5: Carl, <laughs> would you read our Bible verse <laughs> for us tonight? <laughs> yes. This is Philippians chapter two, verse thirteen from the Christian Standard Bible, and it says, For it is God who is working in you, both to will and to work according to His good purpose?
3: Absolutely.
1: Now, our Mike, will you tell everybody what our topic is? Because it was so important that you remembered,
2: Ronnie. That's not very nice. <laughs> <laughs> this is why Ronnie's called the bully. <laughs> I,
4: I, I, I don't recall. I just, I scroll your phone fast. Yeah.
1: <laughs> our topic tonight. I threw out the question of how has our method about talking about Jesus and God changed as our walk went, has evolved, but further, matured, progressed, matured, yeah. matured. Because I know probably pre-walk, there was no method. Or I shut down all methods that came to me.
4: Yeah, for me, I grew up in a very legalistic kind of background, the legalistic church. And so I'm one of the rare ones. I went to Christian private school and went from Christian private school to Bible college. And so I've been around Christians all, all my life. But it wasn't until I got into college that I really kind of understood what the life was all about. I had the head knowledge, but I didn't have the heart heart, heart knowledge. And so I was more in your face type, you know, you're a sinner, you know, you're going to hell and you're and just kind of beat beat people down. And that that just kind of bow breeding, kind of Bible thumping type thing that we hear about all the time. That's that's kind of how I was, because that's how I was taught, that's how you do it. It wasn't until you started really interacting with people and getting to know people that you begin to understand that it's about relating to them and having a conversation. And, you know, that conversation, you know, how do you turn, that's always the challenge. How do you turn the conversation from a football team or the weather into a spiritual conversation? Right. And, and, but, but it's really about relating to people and, and getting to know them where, where they're at. And that's the scary part about it, I think, because there's no cookie cutter, mm-hmm. this is how you do it yeah. formula. It's just kind of interacting with people and kind of seeing where, where they are spiritually and, and, um, and the truth. And that's it's about truth. Yep. And, and telling the truth,
2: Mike. I think you're right. And if you run across a Dallas Cowboy fan, it's easy to turn to, into a spiritual conversation because the Dallas fans need all the prayers they can get. <laughs> I
0: cannot believe he just threw that out. <laughs> <laughs> can you really
5: not believe it? Does it really surprise? You're right. you? Should it no. surprise you?
4: <laughs> wow! Dallas is supposed to be America's team, right? Uh, is it? Well,
5: well, America hasn't won a war. In, well, uh, well.
4: I can't <laughs> <laughs> I, I digress fast. I'm
0: feeling, I'm feeling bombarded here. Yeah. And that's a big word for Ron. <laughs> no, Can I, you define what that means. No. But it feels awful heavy. Yeah, <laughs> you
5: used you, the word correctly. I'm glad
1: that's you good. brought up the cookie cutter part because yeah. there is no cookie cutter right. part. And I think for myself at the beginning, I wanted all that knowledge because I I thought there would be a cookie cutter way. Like I knew the way that I didn't like when I was growing up and it was the Jesus bricks, like you said, Mm -hmm. you know, just this way and this way. And, and so then right out of the gate, I think I tried to look for alternatives Mm -hmm. of how to talk to people about God Mm -hmm. or about Jesus and then it went from actually talking to doing. Mm-hmm. But that took a long time. Yeah. Bob?
3: Yes? What about you? Uh, you know, the you're talking about the cookie, cut, the cookie cutter part of it. Uh, really, there kind of is a cookie cutter part of it. But it's the one that uh, each denomination makes for themselves. Mm-hmm. It's got to be their way or no way good point because you know people like ron and i was just talking a while ago you know the only reason we got different denominations is because they'll cherry pick something out of the bible and they'll create it into their own doctrine mm-hmm. and they'll make it to where they that's what they follow that's what they believe that if, if you don't believe that way
1: mm-hmm.
3: you're not you're not a christian so but like Ron said, we live under one God. Mm-hmm. We created God created all of us, yeah. so there should only be one place to meet, and that's at the foot of the cross. Absolutely. You know, so you know, really, what Jesus done when He come, He killed the cookie cutters. Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? He just <laughs> he took them out of the equation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And back then, the cookie cutters was the Pharisees, the ones that thought they was. Just prim and proper and did no wrong, you know. Mm-hmm. Which them guys would make laws to cover laws that they didn't like, so they could, uh, so they could, so they could do what they needed to do on the Sabbath day, mm-hmm. per se. Like uh, some Pharisees would uh, buy different houses because they wasn't supposed to walk so many miles a day on on the Sabbath, which isn't biblical. Which yeah. is biblical, but. <laughs> they would buy a house close so they could walk to that house so they didn't have, that that's
5: how they moved around that's yeah. how they done their thing which is great since they could afford to do that exactly what about the common person exactly but right. that's yeah. they made themselves loopholes yes mm. like politicians
3: exactly but i mean yes the thing is is you know they was trying to they was trying to loophole god's word didn't mm. loophole mm-hmm. god's word true right. god's word is exact what it says You can't take away from it. You can't add to it. He means what he says. There's no, there's no change in his mind. He is the one who created us. He is the one who made them laws. He is the one that wrote that Bible. Mm -hmm. Yes, man wrote it, but it was God breathed. Mm -hmm. Like Cole said, you know, there's. It shows that God actually wrote the Bible because most of them guys didn't boast about themselves or mm-hmm. didn't boast about how the word went or, or they didn't make it that they, they wasn't the hero of the story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Correct. So, but now, nah. and I used to be back when I first got saved, which I went to Southern Baptist stuff, but I grew up, I grew up Pentecostal. I, ain't gonna lie. I mean, I was in a Pentecostal church when I was younger from the age, uh, Probably four till eleven or twelve. I was too, Bob. And then I decided. Uh, then I decided that church wasn't for me, and I started doing my own thing. You know, I decided God wasn't for me. And as far as talking about God, the only thing—the only thing that I would probably talk about God was just taking His name in vain. <laughs> yep. I mean, for real, when I was back, when I was back young, I ain't going to lie. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm just going to put it out there. You know, I, I used it. I used his name in the wrong way. Yeah. You know, kind of like most people do. You know, they, they don't follow him. So they just throw his name out there flippantly, mm-hmm. just use it however they think
0: they need to use and it. And it's so weird how yeah. they, if they don't follow him, but yet they blame him and use his name. Correct. Like you're saying. Yep. So uh, there ain't no God. Aren't right, we yeah, God? But you know what? I'll use His name and I'll throw it back at you. You know, and when and when something goes bad in your life,
3: I was guilty of this. I'm like, ah, God done that to me. <laughs> mm. God made my life that hard.
5: Then you take all the credit for
3: everything that goes right. Yeah, yeah. Then I would take all the credit for everything I went right, man. Look at what look what Bob mm-hmm. did. Yeah. Look look what I done. Yeah. You know, and then but now after I rejected Him. And he showed me the way and he showed me the correct way. Now I look for ways to do like Micah said, try to take that conversation and whether it's talking about car or Mm -hmm. whether it's talking about tires or whether it's just standing, talking to somebody, I try to bring God into the equation every chance I get. I look for small in the window cracks that I can slip him in there. Mm -hmm. And once you get him in there, then the Holy Spirit can take over, that's right. mm-hmm. and once the Holy Spirit takes over, it's all over with that. All over for the good, not mm-hmm. the bad. Yeah. So, but you know, that's that's the difference as to where I was to where I am now. Now, granted, when I first got saved, I was still I was still the cookie cutter guy. You know, I was kind of like I was kind of like you. Mm-hmm. You're going to hell. Yeah. You're not. You know. You're, you're sinning. You need to do it because, put it this way, we had a couple, we had a couple that come to the biker church one time. My wife was talking to them. They were teenage, they were teenage girls, and I walked up behind them, and they looked at me, and they go, "Do you think we're going to help with what we're doing?" I'm like, "Yes, I do. I really do." My wife looked at me with such contentment. I mean, she was she was angry at me. She's like, why did you tell them that? Why did you brutally tell them that they was going to go to hell for what they were doing? She's like, you understand. This is from my wife now. <laughs> she goes, you understand that them girls are just like you. They're living in sin. They're not. They can change just like you changed. They can give their life to God. They can give their life to Christ and get out of that sin. They're, the sin that they're in is just as bad as the sin of me overeating. And I thought about that. I'm like, that was one way God showed me that I was doing wrong by coming up. You know, I mean, I answered a question, but I done it in the wrong way. You know, I, I could have and I, and I see that now because I could have. I could I could have finessed a little more love in there and brought God in so the Holy Spirit could have took over in their lives and showed them showed them what they were actually that they were in sin, you know. So, but yeah, my wife, man, she she put me she put me on the straight and narrow that day for sure. Wives <laughs> are good at that, Bob. They are very good at that. But you know, that's why that's why her and I click so good because where I lack, she can pick up, or where she lacks, I pick up. And that's, you know, that that's the way it's supposed to be with God.
0: So that's how you know. Which
3: that's right. God never lacks. Don't get me wrong. God does no. never no. lack. Yeah. But he will step back and see how you're going to react when he steps away for a minute. See? You understand what I'm saying there? <laughs> he wants to see where you're at in your walk, which he already knows. But he wants you to understand where you're at in that walk. Are you correctly walking with him? Are you actively seeking him like he says? Or are you just checking the boxes as you walk with God?
4: Mm. I think it's the spirit in which we do it as well, because the truth does need to be spoken. I mean, a relationship aside from Christ will spend an eternity as separated from him. Exactly. And so that is the truth and the reality. But I think sometimes our spirit is our heart in saying it is not compassionate. It's more. And that's what my wife. Yeah. It's more, it's more, I was, I'm right. Yeah. I'm right. And you're wrong. And this is, this is it. And, and there's, it's kind of like when our spouses say, does this make me look good or not? You know, there's a ginger way to say that. Yeah. Then just saying, oh yeah, you look terrible. I mean, I mean, there's say yes. Yeah, exactly. But, but the truth has to be spoken. And I think that's, that's, that's the, the the fine line yeah the fine uh, the balance that we have to have to have I'm to have sure. to have because the reality is when we don't enter into a relationship with christ we will spend eternity separated from him yes and so that is the reality but there's ways to get across that truth that shows love that's why i think the word says speak the truth in love yeah yeah we yeah. Have
5: I, to, I, we have I, to speak the truth in gentleness and compassion but at the yes. same time We can't, we can't speak a half truth that makes someone feel comfortable on the road to hell. Yeah. Right. Right. Because that's not love. That's, that's, that's a completely different thing. Yeah.
3: You you can't turn up the, you know, I've, I've said, (laughs) I've been transparent. I've told you guys that uh, I'm harsh when it comes to stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, I I just, I say what's on my mind. (laughs) Me too. My filter, my filter is gone. I have no filter on it anymore. I used to, you know, Mm -hmm. but I just don't. But my wife told me that I was just too harsh. Mm. And that, that's probably true because mm-hmm. they were, you know, they were teenage girls, 15, 16 years old, you know. So them teenage girls, and of course, you all know how I talk. <laughs> My voice sounds pretty harsh sometimes. Mm. So coming from me saying, yes, you're going to hell, you know, and I'm sure I probably didn't say it in a, in a really
4: happy, loving, loving way. <laughs> yeah.
5: Yeah. And I think that's what, you know, that's... You could just, explain the path that they're on compassionately in a way that edifies and seeks to redirect them without is. just basically screaming, you're going to <sighs> hell. And, exactly, and that's exactly
3: what my wife said and done for the next probably hour after I said
5: that. She hmm. she explained to them. She was why, in damage control. She was damage control. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, she was. Right. Realistically, though, maybe they needed the conversation to start with a harsh wake-up call leading to Baby. the explanation. Maybe. Because th- I like it or not, that is what some people need sometimes. Mm-hmm. And that's why discernment from the spirit is very important because you're it's not the overarching information that's being told that changes that that is cookie cutter. The gospel, the full gospel, undiluted, is the cookie cutter. But the way you share that information is determined by the individual in front right. of you. And you have to be in alignment with the spirit and discerning what the spirit is telling yep. you to know what you should speak to the person in front of you. Right. Like, you know, just as a, when we get to it in a, in a week or two on the B side, when I start talking about what happened in Philadelphia, um, I'm not going to give give it away now, but the first day we were there was really defined by that. There were two key interactions that, that happened that day that both of those individuals uh, I spoke the gospel to. One of them, though, needed a sports analogy, and the other one needed a definition of a Hebrew word the result was the same for each. Sure, yeah. You know right. what I'm saying? It was, yeah. it was the gospel being spoken, but the gospel was being spoken in the way the spirit was telling me they needed to hear it in that moment. Absolutely. That's where we have to be malleable to his direction without compromising the truth. Yes. Right. So since you said that, I'll ask you this.
1: Since becoming saved, Carl, from that day to where you're sitting right now, how has your method, or have you changed
5: in how you approach people, immensely? And so, when it comes to when it comes to sharing the gospel, there there are two factors: the what of what you're sharing and the how of what you're sharing. The what and the how. Um, the Bible defines the what, and there's some I want to look at. In a few minutes, if the conversation takes us there, but we've been talking a lot about the how, and that's really important. How you share it, right? Because you can't you can't approach each individual in every single circumstance the exact same way. Correct. Yeah. Right. Before though, for me, the what hasn't shifted a whole lot. I, I I think he's blessed me with greater understanding now than I had a few years ago. Um, if if we're remaining teachable every day, your understanding should increase, and you should acknowledge things <laughs> that maybe you weren't right about. Some other things that that that. Maybe you were, you know what I'm saying? You should always be teachable to the spirit because he's the only one that knows everything. You don't. Yes. God does you don't. Mm-hmm. But the how shifted wildly because I didn't have love in my heart before. I had the information, but the love factor was absent. Yeah. So I was like you, Bob. I was approaching things like, This is what God says, this is what you should be doing. And and you are you are a deceiver for not teaching this, or 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 you're outside of of his umbrella for, you know, just the the method was horrible. Right until I hit that rock bottom moment that I've talked about before, where he was, he was, I, I made room for him. I, I got to a place where I was ready to empty my heart of the things I thought were okay, but they really weren't. To make room for him to make that transformational change in me. And when he did, when he infused love into me and I started seeing people different, my approach f- to them completely shifted because it, I didn't approach them with self-righteous, I'm right, you're wrong, I'm more advanced than you, you're less advanced than me attitude. It was, man, you're headed towards separation. And yep. that breaks me. Like, like, that just brings me to absolute tears. So... So you know, I, I approach each situation in that way, seeking that person's greater good to get them into a right relationship with the Father. Because you know, when, when it comes to the how, really, there's 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 two factors to the how to, in my opinion. Um, there, there's two directions we can go: um, kindness or niceness. And those two things are not the same. Mm-hmm. Sometimes on the outside they appear the same, but they're not the same. Scripture commands us hundreds of times to be kind. Yes never commands us to be nice. The reason is, often niceness is portrayed negatively in Scripture because it's something that's deceptive. It's inherently deceptive. Satan can be nice, and if you're deceived by him, he will be. Satan is incapable of kindness. He cannot be kind, because what kindness does is it views the the person in front of you with genuine love and compassion, which means you're willing to tell them the truth for their greater good, even if they hate you for it because you're concerned for their welfare, yep. not for their feelings. Niceness, on the other hand, is just confer- just concerned with that person liking you, with not offending them, with not hurting their feelings. So I'll tell them just enough truth to keep them smiling, but I won't tell them enough truth that might offend them, might hurt their feelings. The danger in that, and I think most people probably approach gospel sharing in that way, especially if they haven't been properly discipled. The reason that's so dangerous is at best, that leads to creating incomplete disciples at worst, it leads to people, it leads to creating people that genuinely believe they're saved, but they're not. Yeah. It's very, very dangerous. The, the, the scriptures warn about sharing a false gospel yes. for a reason. And that's why, because it can lead to someone who is completely secure in the thought that they're, that they're saved, but they've never actually received a saving knowledge of the truth. Yeah. Because they were only presented a half gospel in a nice way, mm-hmm. not the full gospel in a kind way. And that's, that's really how it shifted for me. Like, I, sh- I tried to share the gospel unkindly, which was detrimental to the, uh, the people I was sharing with and myself. And he's shifted me to teach me true love so I can share it in a properly kind way, if that kind of makes sense. Because yeah. if I had gone to Philadelphia, if I had gone to that environment four or five years ago, the way I was then— You would have done more harm than good. Yeah, I could probably mm-hmm. would have got shot, realistically. <laughs> but if I approached yeah. people like I would have back then, it wouldn't have been good. Mm-hmm just being honest, mm-hmm. but uh, approaching it with kindness, with genuine compassion and love, you see results. Cause that makes room for the spirit to move in your life. You've got to move, you've got to make room in his heart so that he can demonstrate his power through you. Cause he's not going to demonstrate his power through somebody that's misrepresenting him. No, nope. he will not because it, it, if he, if he manifested his power, if Jesus manifested his power in the life of somebody who is misrepresenting him, it gives credence to the image that they're demonstrating. Okay. It it tells the unbelieving world that this is a proper representation of the Messiah, and it's not. He will right. not put a stamp of approval upon someone who's misrepresenting him. He won't do that, which is, I think, yes. is why so few so so few people in the churches we don't see the power. Yeah, and I think often that's why because we're we're misrepresenting him, and he's yes. not going to his power is a stamp of approval. And he's not going to put that stamp on a misrepresented a misrepresented a misrepresentation of him. Or a half gospel, yeah. or a, especially a watered-down gospel. He just won't. You might see false signs and wonders, but you won't see the true thing. Our teacher Mike, what about you?
0: You want me to follow that? I will. Do you want to? Yeah, yeah because kind of what he said is why I don't—I'm uh, not saying I don't go out and talk about God, but the misinterpretation, you know, I don't want to go into something not knowing enough that I can't back up my God and I lead them the wrong way or say something the wrong way. That's why I told you earlier today, I was like, I don't know if I'd have anything to say on this topic because before two years ago, I was, it was me, me against the world. I didn't talk about God heard about him, but now, you know, like Carl was just saying, if I was to go up to somebody and I want to talk to them about God and not know. Well, I'm not saying I don't know God and I don't know Jesus and love Him, but I don't know the Scripture enough to back up my words to where if somebody came back to me with the knowledge, but not the love of God, just because there's a lot of people out there that know the Bible, yes. just so they they can rebuke you on everything that you say. So for me to to engage in that, I would come up short. And I would feel like a failure, and I and I think that would be kind of like uh, for me disrespecting because I don't know that I can't talk back.
5: You know what I mean? I want to say something. I I didn't share what I did to discourage you. So that's the this first thing that I want to make very clear. I don't I don't want to discourage you. No, from, this is
0: what I said earlier, way before you even said anything, because I text Mike or Mike. Ronnie and I told him I was like, I don't know what to say. Let me,
1: let me. Well, hang on. Go ahead. I think you're still giving you too much credit. Yeah. What do you mean? Because
3: because I try not to give because myself that, any. because that's you because going I, to
1: talking. You going and making room for him, representing God. You going and like what?
3: Well, what do you say? He who lives in you is greater than he who lives in the world. Be, you cut yourself too short, because for one thing, the Holy Spirit is going to give you the words you need to talk. He's going to give you. He's going to back you if you're trying. If you're trying and truly heartfelt trying to share the gospel with somebody, He's going to give you the words you need. Yes. And I and I
0: get that part, but and and I try to do that. You know, I talked to Mike forever. You know, I didn't quote scripture, though, to you, did I? No. I just talked to you from the heart, more or less. Told you what I thought and what I've tried to learn over the years. But it was a little bit different with us, Ron,
2: because I'd already been saved years earlier. Well, that's true, but you were still in a bad place. I was in a very bad place.
1: So you don't know that, for sure. I mean. Somebody that he's talking to could have been saved years earlier and got
2: hurt. That's why I brought it up.
1: Right, but (laughs) the only difference is. He's known you.
0: Right. It's all about the relationship. Yeah, and I don't, I just, I mean, I slide the the Jesus talk in there every now and again. But like I said, if I was to come across somebody that's like diehard against it, but yet they know the Bible front and back, and they start throwing the scripture at me.
5: Well, that's going to shut me down. I just want to say a couple of things. When when my approach was terrible and he couldn't use me for anything, knowledge wasn't the problem. I had a lot of knowledge. Like I've, I love studying. Even even when one, when I wasn't in a good place with him, I love studying. Knowledge was not the problem. Heart condition was. And this most recent trip to Philadelphia, I can only think of off the top of my head, three people that I actually quoted scripture to. The vast majority of what what happened there was it was like stuff that all I can describe it is like the spirit downloading information in my brain because I made myself available to him. Most of the power that I saw demonstrated by the spirit that weekend was through prayer, people coming up and wanting prayer and praying and letting him lead the prayer and just letting him do the work. I didn't I didn't talk anybody into the kingdom. There was one person in particular that yeah, it was based upon my own study. And and we are told in scripture to study to show yourself approved. And if you think that you have a lack of knowledge, study. But I'm gonna say something that is gonna seem harsh, well, but it's the truth. And I'll I'll tell you the same thing. I can't I I
0: cannot this is I what I'm about to say all day long. And, and this I is, will not retain it.
5: This is, well, like I say, you don't necessarily have to retain it in a way that you can quote Actual lines of scripture just understand concepts that you can talk to yeah, people, which you so can much. do. But if you constantly tell yourself, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, you are never going to make room for he can, he can, he can, he can't. And, he and he's will. bigger than you.
0: Well, I don't believe I had that aspect of he can't. Well, but
5: you're I limiting that, his ability to move in your life.
0: And I do have the aspect now that he can so, but same token, I know my limitations.
1: So, go back to move yourself out of the way so he can
0: then. Right.
1: Example and Carl and Bob and Micah can back me up on this. I never thought that I would stand in the pulpit and give a sermon ever. And when I do, or when I have, in my mind, it is the worst thing. I've ever done.
0: <laughs> well, I just think there's other things that he has me doing. And if I but but if
1: those people and some of them so if you take 50% of the people that come up and say I got something out of your sermon and the other 50% are just telling you that for niceties, then that's a 50% win. Mm-hmm. Right? But I took myself out of the equation so then
3: he can Speak through me. Way back when, when Ronnie and I started (laughs) hanging around. Here we go. (laughs) I told him, I'm like, Ronnie, you understand. You're probably going to be preaching one day. He's like, oh, no, I'll never do that. I'll never do that. (laughs) Never will I do that. I was told the same thing. And I said the exact same thing. I'll never do that. I'll never do that. And I'm
1: not saying that you will. I'm just saying that you got to get past yourself.
5: Correct. So you can allow him to work through you. There's right? wisdom, there's wisdom in what you said, Ron. That you th- you know you, you think he's using you for different things. Definitely pray mm-hmm. about discernment on what his call for you is. Because n- nobody yeah. nobody here would benefit from looking at somebody else's call in their life to say, "Man, I want that." I'm going to try to emulate mm-hmm. that. You'll okay. never succeed. You'll never succeed because you're stepping out of his will for your life. But don't get hung up on the "I can't do this" that- because if if you are I'm sorry, if you're you're filled and you're guided by an infinite, all-powerful God who has no limitations, then if he's using you for a task, there's no limitation to the task, because he's the one doing it through you, not you. Correct. It's about him.
3: Yeah, and like... How how did God... I'm sorry,
5: go ahead. How did God speak
3: the world into existence? I just said, he spoke it in, right? Okay, yeah. Every word that you're saying negative coming out of your mouth. Well, it doesn't sound negative to me, but it is negative. I can't. That's a negative. I can't. So, so take this. If I say
1: Ron, you can't do that. What are you going to do?
0: You're going to move mountains to show me that you can. Right? Only if it's something I know that I can do. If you were to tell me that I can't learn the Bible, I'm going to agree with you. I just know stories. If you're going to tell me you can't memorize the Bible, I'm going to agree with you because I know my limitations and I can't do it. I cannot go around like Micah or Carl or anybody else and say, well, I know it's in there. This is what it says. Can't do it. Won't do it. Or not. Shouldn't say won't do it. Can't
5: do it. How did Jesus most frequently teach people? (laughs) When he was teaching biblical concepts, how did he most frequently teach Told stories, stories, parable, stories, parable, stories yeah. that he was not quoting from scripture. Yep. He was parable teaching. Con- yep. He was teaching concepts based upon scripture. Yep. He wasn't directly quoting scripture.
4: Check.
5: and that's. Yeah, I'm not saying he never did that. And I understand. But more commonly, that. he told stories to help people understand.
0: And I get that. And that's all I can do. I know, and I said it earlier. I know the stories. I know the important stories. Well, then there you go. There you go. You've got it. But no, I don't. And we come full circle. I can't tell you where it's at. <laughs> I couldn't tell you where any of those stories are in okay. the Bible.
5: How Neither found. did he. When he was talking to crowds, he didn't say, if you read they didn't even have the Bible broken up in chapters and verses then.
0: <laughs> no, not there. Like the if somebody Bible's was to come up to me now and I told them a story, well, where's that at? Where can I find that? Uh,
5: I've rarely had that happen. <laughs> rarely have I had it happen where I'm talking to somebody about this genuinely where did you interesting. That from? I've rarely had it. usually when I'm talking to somebody, and I'm going to ask you when I'm done, Micah, because you have more, way more experience than me. Usually when you're talking to somebody about about the gospel or biblical concepts, very infrequently do they say, I want to know the chapter and verse that. Sure. Usually they don't care, especially if they want a relationship with Jesus. They don't care exactly where it's at. Usually when somebody's doing that, it's because they're trying to trap you, and they're not interested in receiving the truth anyway, mm-hmm. normally. Yeah. Is that—
4: I, I would agree, yeah, I would agree. I mean most people that are going to be like you're talking about that know the scriptures back and forth just to know it. they they know it for deception deception purposes where they're trying to catch you off guard or catch yeah catch a contradiction. yeah, catch a contradiction and and those people aren't gonna necessarily I mean God can always break down their heart, of course, but at that moment, their heart's not in a place to receive the truth. but that could also break down
0: somebody like me or whatever.
4: It could. Yeah. If you're
0: throwing that at me at my face, then that's gonna break me down to a point of like I can't come back, you know, with that godly truth as well.
5: That's what what discerning when to walk away is important.
0: (laughs) But
1: the people that we've interacted with, right? To talk about Jesus and about God with. Most of the time, I would say they're not going to be at that spot because they're at the bottom. I know if that makes sense. Do you agree with that,
4: Micah? I I know what you're saying, but I'm I'm I think we all, I mean, I think I think several times in our life, at least once in everybody's life, sometimes more than once, a lot of times more than once. We hit what I call a crossroads in our life. Something happens, something derails us. And it's in that moment, sometimes it's more than once, but at least once in everybody's life, we're going to hit a crossroads. That's going to do one of two things. It's either going to push us away from God, where we abandon him and push him away, or it's going to draw us close to us. So in those moments where you feel like, okay, I've been derailed, it's going to cause one of two things. It's either going to cause us to give up and say, that's it, I'm done. Or it's going to cause us to search the scripture and go, well, "What are they talking about? Yep. Yep. Where, what did I miss? And how do I understand that?" And that helps us grow. So it's really a growing process for for us. Sometimes when that happens, is to is to draw close to Him, and so
3: sometimes that's how it gets you to take the next step. Sometimes, yeah. I mean, you know, it, because if you're if you're stuck, if you're stuck on on one faith level, and that's only where you're at because you're comfortable there. He may he may bring somebody into your life to not per se push you, but challenge you to step on. Hmm.
0: The Bible needs to be dumbed down for me. Okay. I can turn a wrench. I can work on a car. If the Bible was that easy, it would be great for me. Turn the Bible into a motor that I don't know how to do that. That's sure you do. Simple. Well, I uh you know, I just I know who god is i know who jesus is and my love is strong for all his creations and and brothers and sisters but i just don't want to look wrong in his eyes for not knowing enough or not being able to back him because he's backed me you don't Obviously, back he's backed me for a long time or I wouldn't be sitting at this table.
2: Sure.
0: You know, because like everybody said before, before two years ago for me, I was like Bob said, I used his name. I didn't care. And then right before I got saved two years ago, maybe between five and ten, I was searching. I was searching a little bit more. Granted, I wasn't in my Bible because I didn't understand it. So, Every time I got my Bible and I tried to read it, it it derailed me because I didn't understand it. So I got frustrated with it, and I said, I don't need it. And I would just throw it to the side. I guarantee you I got at least eight or nine Bibles in my house because I'm like, which one's the easiest one so I can understand this? And they're still to, today is not an easy one for me to understand.
2: I got a question for you. <clears throat> who, are you who as a person... But somebody approached you and started throwing out scripture and great knowledge or came to you at your level, like you like to say Jesus came to us at our eye level, who are you going to listen to? Myself? No, I'm saying that they're preaching the gospel to you. If you weren't saved and someone like yourself came to you instead of telling the stories, as you put it, about the gospel, are you going to listen to that person?
0: Probably not. Why not? Because if I ain't saved, then I'm already at the spot to where...
5: I think what Mike's trying to say is we're more prone to listen to people that we can easily identify with. That's exactly I guess what he's trying to say. And and yeah, there are people that are unsaved that will become saved because of the share. Otherwise, why are we sharing the gospel?
0: Well, and I well, get we that, know, that because i be calling. It, it could be your calling right there. And I've talked to people and, you know, they wanted more, but I'm just saying I... And I'm not saying I don't Talk about the Bible. I just, you know, like I said, I just know the stories from growing up. You know, everybody had Channel 25, right? <laughs> you know, that's that's where I learned a lot of mine. I was drugged to church. I didn't listen. Didn't even want to be there. I slept most time. I was a kid. I was ready to run around play. You know, and then when I got older and I got drunk, I said, this is not for me. I stopped going because I was my own boss. I was like, I don't, this ain't doing me no good. I ain't even learn. I ain't even retained any of it. I can sit here and listen to the preacher and then walk out and forget as soon as I walk out. The but door, the seed was planted, man. The seed was planted.
2: Well, the seed may have been Because planted, somebody but, came to you that you identified with,
0: and here you are today. No, nobody came to me. You often said that they use cars as their hook to get to you. Well, that was here recently. That was two years ago. That's what I'm talking about, about before. I, I didn't have nobody planting no seeds with me talking to me about God when I was younger. Let me tell you, my house did not have the Word of God in
5: it. Can I ask you a question just to clarify so we don't walk in circles? You said you talk to people. And I've seen you talk to people about the gospel and stuff like that. Yeah. Are you basically just yeah. saying you don't feel comfortable teaching somebody to deeper level? Well, I'm not talking. I saying? shouldn't say.
0: No, I shouldn't say teaching. I mean... I, I don't have a problem talking to people about God. Where, where it gets me is is when, because I'm easily confused about the word. I ain't going to lie. You know, I'm, I know, like I said, I know the stories. I know. But, I mean, if somebody was to come up and say this and that, I'd be like, oh, crap, I don't know the answer to this. You know, where do I go from here? I'm stuck. They got me. So that would that would question where I'm at, and then that would just bring me down.
5: When I do think, I, I think there's wisdom in knowing where you're at and, and having, having an awareness of where you're at, where you're at in your walk, and okay, what you're ready for. Because, you know, Scripture does tell us not everybody should be a teacher because they're held to a higher account. You know what I mean? So, like, we should never get to a place where we're trying to push somebody to be at that at that level when they're not ready for it because that can be kind of dangerous too. Um but don't get hung up on the because that's not what he's using me for now. He can never use me for that. You know what I'm saying? That's that's all I'm trying to get at is is is
0: if he tells me I calls me to do something, I will do my best at it to achieve it. But I mean Preaching that's like no but yeah. You I, I, I wasn't saying, saying that. I, I'm just using that example. There's other stuff too. Yeah. You know, I don't talk in front of people. Right. You know, if we were doing this live or something, or in front you of somebody, be silent, I probably would be. <laughs> you know, Jesus does. I'm in a room with people I trust.
1: Yeah. And my my thing to circle back, my thing was with you was like we had that bag of wooden crosses when we were in that bowling alley. And you went to, like, everywhere in that bowling alley, handing those out. I did. There it is. and, 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 like, that's it. You didn't have to tell a story. You didn't have to quote scripture. Like, here's Jesus right here.
0: Yeah, that was me telling my story.
1: Right. Exactly. And that's what I'm saying. Like, my version of telling the story, Micah's version of telling the story or sharing the stories Carl's, Mike's, Bob's, yours, it's all different. Mm-hmm. The only thing that's the same is where we got our information from.
3: Yeah.
1: And that was the root of the topic and the discussion. <laughs> I, done.
2: Well, you know, I remember that's we had that nasty. all change ministry. I got into, uh, you know, I was spreading the gospel to all the people that came in for that. I was really, really enjoying it. I'd never been that bold before in my life. And I got this one fella. And like Ron said, I didn't have the knowledge at that point to back up what I was talking about. I knew I was in over my head. So what did I do? I turned to a fellow brother that was there with me and I went and got Carl because he had questions I could not answer. And which is fine. That's that's exactly what I'm saying. That is fine. That's the wise thing to do. Only a fool spreads half truths. And especially when you're representing Jesus.
0: Right. No, it's okay to do that. If he's there, if he's available at that time, Carl and Carl knew. was no uh, Carl was available for Mike at that time.
2: I just stepped out on faith that day, never done that sort of thing in my life. I stepped out and said, I'm going to do this. Something made me said, You can do this, and I did it
0: because I, I can't quote scripture. I mean, I can't, can't either. Agree, not, but I don't have a problem talking to anybody.
1: We know you could talk to a broom.
0: You're right. (laughs) I will go up to anybody and I will talk to them, ask them how their day is going, and I will somehow ingest them with a little bit of Jesus some way (laughs) or another. You're doing doing exactly what we're talking about. But, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just my way is not. I don't know. It's just my way. Yeah. And that's fine.
3: You know, Jesus Let's didn't take- tell us to go out and, and make teachers. <laughs> Jesus told he told us to go out and make disciples. And how you go out and make a disciple is you go out and you spread the gospel. That's it.
5: Period.
0: Period. Period. See, I like it. When you, if you were said we spread his love.
5: The gospel is his love. I, I know, but there are different levels to making a disciple. There, like, there are there are those who, who scatter the seeds, which is what you're describing. And there are teachers that teach how to live it. And, you know, because I think both sides of the conversation I've seen kind of develop. I think there's a, a wisdom in the middle because what we teach does matter. And that's why we're better together. It's better when we shine together because different people are at different points in their walk with different knowledge, with different, underst- different levels of understanding, and different callings upon their life to help build those disciples. Okay. Different, you, cir- <clears throat> different circumstances that we've personally gone through. Absolutely. We talked at one point about denominations, why denominations exist. You had quoted some in our text chat, or you had shared some in our text chat. I'm going to read real quick because it's Paul basically telling us why denominations exist. And this is 2 Peter chapter 4, starting in verse 3, and he says, For the time will come. It's pausing there. He's in the first century looking future, so it's a time that will come for him. Realistically, we're living in it now. This isn't something that we can, this isn't a can we can continually kick down the road because it's probably the false teachers he's about to talk about that are the ones kicking the can down the road because they know who he's talking about. For the time will come when people will not tolerate sound doctrine, but according to their own desires will multiply teachers for themselves because they have an itch to hear what they want to hear. They will turn away from hearing the truth and will turn aside to myths. So the teachers he's talking about, these false teachers, are intentionally teaching deception. These are believers, by the way, he's talking about. This is in the context of the church, surrounding themselves with teachers that will tell them what they want to hear. The problem with with cherry-picking these set of verses out, though, without looking at the whole context, you don't get Paul's definition of what sound doctrine is. When you back up, he's talking to Timothy as an evangelist, and he's encouraging Timothy in his evangelism, and he tells Timothy, um, i back up to verse 14 in chapter 3, he says, But as for you, Timothy, continue in what you have learned and firmly believed. You know those who taught you, and you know that from infancy you have known the sacred scriptures, which are able to give you wisdom for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. The sacred scriptures, which at the time, most of what we have is the New Testament, wasn't canonized yet. So he's talking about the stuff we tend to ignore, the the starting in Genesis part. He's saying these sacred scriptures are what give you wisdom for salvation in Jesus Christ. It's not just being able to rattle off verses perfectly. He's talking about it teaching you wisdom, which is a more abstract thing. It's not, it's not being able to quote scripture, it's understanding the concept of what scripture is teaching you. And then he tells us what scripture is for when he says all scripture, all, all means all there, is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching the scriptures teaching you, right? Not a person. He's talking about scripture teaching you for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work, which applies to the verse that we read from Philippians earlier, being prepared for every good work scripture leads to training the training leads to work it's a long drawn out process and not everybody's going to be at the same point in that process and ready for the same calling and that's what that's what we're seeing here at the table different people with different callings at different points in the process but we've got to be open to god's sovereign and almighty ability to get us along that process without any limitations based upon our current limitations Just because we have a limitation in where we are currently doesn't mean that's the limitation we're going to have in a week or a month or a year. If we surrender to the process and walk with him, our limitations today won't be our limitations tomorrow. That's all I'm trying to say. We've we've got to be open to what he's doing in our life and open to the possibility he may be using us for something later that we can't even fathom right now. Mm -hmm. If we respect sound doctrine, which is the inspired scripture leading to a wisdom of, of salvation in Jesus Christ. That has to be the cookie cutter. That's what, when I say the cookie cutter is the whole gospel, that's it. It's the word of God, undiluted, unabridged, without ignoring any piece of it. The whole thing, Genesis to Revelation. Yeah. Not picking pieces out like you talked about, Bob, and I like this part, I don't like this. So we as Christians can ignore this, but we have to do this. I'm gonna add this because I think this should have been a rule. I think maybe God messed up. He didn't add this rule, so I'm gonna add this here. Yeah. But I don't think God was right when he when he said this rule here. So that was just for these people. So and we just we take scissors and sharpies to our Bible, theologically speaking. And that's exactly what Paul's warning about. That's why we were splintered off into in various groups. Mm-hmm. That was the only reason I said what I said before we started recording, Bob, that you know, like we can't just all get together and just put a Jesus tag on every denomination because some of these denominations are messed up. Yeah. And until we get back to scripture, until we all agree to get back to scripture, we're never gonna be able to come together. Sure. He brought a sword to divide. That's what he meant. Jesus wasn't saying that he wanted to divide people. He's saying that's what was gonna happen because of what Paul's saying here. Sorry, I got on a tangent. I'm done. I apologize.
2: Good tension, though.
5: (laughs) The Um, one how both matter. That's all I'm saying. Yep. No, I'm dead. We're going to do this every week. Are we? Yeah, probably. Maybe. Most likely.
4: Okay. Yeah.
1: Final thoughts. Bob? You don't have one? No.
3: No final thoughts. You wasted all of your thoughts? I wasted every (laughs) one of them. Uh, I'm empty. Nobody has
1: any? I was was
2: saying no to Bob.
1: Oh. Ron? I don't have
2: one. Well, you know, I was sitting here thinking, um, I know you didn't call out my name, but you looked at I looked at you. Me. Yeah. So I I'd go. It,
1: it it came out crystal clear in the audio. <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs> I was thinking about what Carl said about being different spots of our journey. I always think back to the fruit trees and how when first planted, yes, they're alive not producing anything Mm -hmm. It takes time to nurture that tree to get to bear fruit it could take a couple years to bring that tree along to be bearing good fruit Mm -hmm. you know and i think if we view our spiritual walk as a fruit tree it can help people understand where they are and like ron said he's not he's not one to go out there he thinks go out there and spread the gospel, but he's doing it anyway. He's bearing that fruit. Maybe it's not the type of fruit he thinks he should bear, but right now that's where he's at. That type, That's the type he's bearing. Mm-hmm. And as Carl mentioned, the further you walk, the more you learn, the better the fruit.
0: Yeah.
2: I think we, we get in our way so many times of ourselves, and I'm very guilty of it, that we don't give God that space Carl talked about in our heart to prune us the tree part of the tree that isn't bearing fruit we need we need to be able to be pruned and that's my final thought tonight ronnie
5: just adding to that like that's the the fruit trees are pretty fascinating studying scripture anyway Mm -hmm. because biblically and there's a spiritual lesson in it but biblically you can't even use the fruit in a fruit tree for the first three years Mm -hmm. and then the fourth the fourth year says that all the fruit is all dedicated to god then you can use yep. it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a lesson from, I think he's telling us a lesson there because often he likens us to trees. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I think it's he's probably. telling us to respect the long, drawn-out process of developing proper fruit that's useful to him. And sometimes but, it takes years.
2: But isn't that the bigger problem of our society? We're a microwave society.
5: Instant gratification, mm-hmm.
2: yeah. And I think I think about that often. Well, you know, Carl's up in Philly preaching. Roddy's up on the stage preaching. Bob's preaching. Well, I must be ready to preach. Not a chance. No because I don't have what it takes to do that. That isn't my calling to do it. I think an I can attitude is important, but I think what's really important is he can. That's where you need to be. He can. If that's his will, it's going to happen. Whether or not you obey that will is a whole other story. Mm -hmm. Now, that's actually my final thought.
5: Carl? What you got? So I have a dog. Oh, yes. Nah, yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> she's pretty. She's gorgeous. She can be sweet sometimes. The problem is she is not teachable. She's not teachable.
2: She does like the couch. Uh,
5: and it's deeper. Her behavior deteriorates when she's around new people, which means that I have to put her up when people are there. She won't listen. Even taking her outside, um, if my neighbor comes up, she goes nuts and she won't listen to my command. She won't listen to my direction. She tries to yank the leash out of my hand. Nothing I do will get her to reel in and listen. So there have to be consequences. I can't have her around other people until she gets to a place where she's willing to be teachable, to obey my command when I say it, to obey my voice when she hears it without having to deal with harsh, unnecessary consequences that she doesn't want it, I don't want either. That's the process for us. I think, you know, like you said, instant gratification, Mike, sometimes we want to be used in a certain way, but we want to be used in a way that's real big before we're even really listening to his voice or even hearing it. I'm going to back up a little bit to Timothy to just, I I, I think this needs to be shared because I think sometimes we, we mistake salvation with anointing. It's not the same thing salvation is what you get when you believe in Jesus and confess your sin that can't be taken away you can lose anointing though, and anointing is based upon the room you give in your heart for the Holy Spirit to occupy to direct you to move you into a higher calling but if you start filling your space up with sin or disobedience or unwillingness guess what's gonna happen you're not gonna lose your salvation necessarily, but you will lose that anointing, and you'll have to empty yourself again, maybe through another process like the fruit tree to get it back. We should desire the anointing. We should. If we really love the Father, we would want to please him, and we would desire the anointing, but we've also gotta respect the process that gets us there. I wanna read something that Paul says here. Again, it's 2 Timothy chapter 2, starting at verse three, and he says, "'Share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus, No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in the concerns of civilian life because he seeks to please the commanding officer. Also, if anyone competes as an athlete, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. The hardworking farmer ought to be the first to get a share of the crops. Consider what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead." we are rewarded for what we do with our salvation. He gives the salvation as a free gift and he won't take it back. But you do receive reward based upon what you do with that salvation. And we should desire to please him as our commander, as the captain of our salvation. We should desire to please him. We should understand that he has rules for us in his sacred scriptures and that we have to compete according to those rules and teach others to do the same. We have to understand that will be rewarded like a hardworking farmer for that. We should want that not because we want reward, but because we want to please the father and out of love, we want others to receive those rewards too. We want to get them to a place where they can have that too. And I just want to say before I'm, before I'm done here, this isn't based upon where you're at in the process just like the hired hands in the parable that, that, that Jesus gives the same reward was given to them, whether they worked the whole day or worked the last hour, it was based upon their willingness to submit and surrender and yield. That's what it was based on. I guess what it's based on here too, but man, we've got to get to a place where we, where we, we yield to him because the, the man guys, the, the field is big. There aren't many laborers in it and we really need more. There are people lost. Walking in darkness, and they don't even know what direction to go. And there needs to be laborers in the field, and they just need to hear the direction they need to go. They don't need to hear an hour long sermon. What they need is to hear that you're broken, you're lost, you're hurting, you're rock bottom, but there's a rock above that can heal you, that can rescue you, that can break these chains. Let me pray with you and show you Him manifest because I'm believing He will. That's what they need. Hardly anybody's doing it. We've got to get to a place where we desire this anointing because a lost world is depending on it. They really are. That's my final thought. Micah, like you're sitting them in Schmike's seat. So uh, I know. You
4: get to follow Carl. It's a big, big seat to sit in.
2: What it, man. You're saying Mike's big or a big seat to sit in because you have to follow Carl?
4: Because I have to follow Carl. Yeah. Okay. No, it's, 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 the seat. it's the seat. It might be the seat. Mm. <laughs> I'll be in a different one next week. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's about genuineness. I mean, you know, the heart in which we, we share Christ with. And everybody's different. Everybody has different personalities. Everybody has different styles. Um, there are people that have that bold style. There are people that have that, you know, more story style. There are people that, I mean, God's going to use each one of our styles, but it's about genuineness. And you can, genuineness tells people, Yes, without Christ, you will spend eternity in hell separated from him. And, and when they see your genuineness, people know a fake a mile away. Mm-hmm. And so when we're coming up and we're just kind of going through the motions, as we've talked about on this podcast before, going through the motions and checking boxes and doing all the all the stuff, people see right through that. Mm-hmm. But, but if they understand that we're genuinely concerned about them, then yes, they may, that may hurt them. They may be mad about that. But they're going to understand that we did it out of a genuineness of heart. I think we also have to understand that one of my one of my pet peeves is is the statement "soul winning." We have to understand that we don't win anybody to Christ. Mm-hmm. Christ draws us. Our responsibility is to be obedient to Him. To be obedient to Him means to share the gospel, to share Christ with people. And and how we do that—whether we do that through stories, whether we do that in a casual way, or whether we do it with with hard truth, our responsibility is to share the truth and to share the Word of God. That That's what God can use, and that's what God will use. And so it's okay, genuineness says it's okay to say, I don't know the answer to that, but I'll find out. Can I have your number or so if we see each other again? Maybe somebody will down the line somewhere in that process of their journey to Christ, maybe somebody down the road will answer that question for them. But But genuineness says it's okay to say, I don't know the answer to that. You kind of stumped me on that, but I'm willing to to find out. And and so it's really about being obedient to him. And that's what God calls us to do. And and so therefore we can't really fail. Failing is not sharing the gospel. Sharing is not sharing Christ. That's how we fail is by not sharing the gospel because that's what he's commanded us to do. Our responsibility is to be obedient to him. And obedience to him is sharing what he's done for us and sharing his love and sharing what he's did for us on the cross. that That's what obedience for us is.
1: For me, I think one of my biggest things was what would I listen to before I was saved? Because you got to meet people where they're at. And like you said, you got to be genuine. I'm going to be, I'm not selling anything. Like you said, I'm Like I have nothing to sell. He's the answer, but I got to know where they're at so I can get down in that ditch with them and talk to yeah. them about it. Yep. Absolutely. And sometimes it might be just listening. hmm Sometimes it might be helping them dig out. Never know. You got to read the room, right? Like most recently, that's was one of my big hangups was like, I had to preach here versus here versus here. And I'm like, how do I read those rooms? Cause I'm not doing it every Sunday with them. And then Like I was telling Ron, personal experience. So pro tip, like I don't have to read the room. He does. Yes. So I was putting more thought into it for myself than what I needed to. I recognized that each room was different, which was fine. But
5: I was giving myself too much credit. Can I add one thing? Before we pray, there's at least one person out there that isn't mad at me yet. So I'm going to say (laughs) Um, just a a real short thing as to what I mean when I say it's important to discern where he's calling you and only go where he's calling you. The reason I say that it's not that I'm not talking about generalized gospel sharing. I'm talking about where he's actually leading you. Um, Will and a couple of the guys that I was in Philadelphia with went back again this last weekend. And Will shared as a warning, he was like, I'm just going to be blunt. Um, he's like, it's important to be out in these places and, and to share. It's also important to know if that's where he's actually calling you and if you're ready for it. He's like, a couple guys wanted to come out with us one day. And so they met us out there and I didn't know anything about it. This is him talking. He's like, we didn't know anything about them. We didn't know where they were at really in their walk. We just knew that they had a desire to be there. They get there, and he's like, at one point I catch them passing cigarettes out to people, which is a huge no-no for addicts. When you're trying to get them off an addiction, the worst thing you can do is encourage the addiction with something else. So while they're gospel sharing, they're passing out cigarettes to people, which is not helpful at all. So as the day went on, it didn't take very long. This is a, a dark demon-infested area anyway. He's like, they got more and more uneasy. Just being there. They felt super uncomfortable. They were scared. They didn't want to be there. So they decided to go up to where the park is. So they could walk around there, which is a lot. It's a lot better up there. He's like, even there, they were super uneasy, very uncomfortable. Didn't want to be. Didn't want to be there at all. Like, well, we got to go. We can't be here anymore. And they left. He's like, I really appreciate their heart. I really appreciate the desire. But your heart, and your desire, also have to match His will. And understanding where he has you and where you're at in the process, because if you go into a place like that and you're not ready for it, mm-hmm. it can be dangerous. You, you've got to make sure that you remain under his umbrella and walk in step with him <clears throat> and share the gospel with whoever you come in contact with while you're under that umbrella, mm-hmm. you know, how, based upon... The experience and the knowledge that you have, share the gospel with whoever he brings to you because he's capable of drawing people to you. Trust me. He is more than capable of drawing people to you that you're supposed to be talking to. You don't have to you don't have to roam around all over the earth to find somebody to share the gospel with. He may have you do that. I'm not saying he won't, but he doesn't need to do that. He can draw them to you. Just be ready for that and stay in step with him. It's very important. That's what I meant by that. I just felt like I needed to clarify that but since you didn't have a final thought, will you pray something? Absolutely.
3: <laughs> Most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this. We thank you for this day, Father. We just, uh, we just ask, Father, that uh, no matter whether it's being bold or just figuring out how you want us to present the gospel to people. I just pray, Father, that uh, we just allow the Holy Spirit to funnel through us, mm. to fill us, to be the speaker. And I pray, Father, that we can just set ourselves out of the way, kick the clutter out of the way so you've got a direct path right to the heart. And Father, you know we know that uh, once you fill the heart so full that... Uh, it just, it's got to overfill and flow into somebody else. I just pray that right now, Father. I just pray that you fill our hearts so full that, Father, it just uh, it just flows into other people's lives. Father, we thank you for what you do. Father, we thank you for your son. Father, we love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And until next time, we'll
1: catch you on the flip side.
0: Just to save my life. And I started to cry when I realized all that I had done. He just smiled at me. He said, "Hey baby, it's covered by my blood."